Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And the trade deadline in the NBA has officially closed, but more deals will filter in as the deadline was at 2 o'clock today. Welcome. How are you? It is Thursday, February 9th, the year 2023. The sun is back out after all that rain. Temps are a little bit cooler. So, hey, it is another one of those that we covet a Chamber of Commerce day. We've got a lot on the plate today, so let's get busy. My main man, James Mesh, will guide us through the next two hours. In the producer's chair, he's in the game studios, um, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles on 1041, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can also watch us on television as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. It's not the blockbuster of Kevin Durant leaving the Brooklyn Nets and going to join up with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton with the Phoenix Suns. The Pels, in a very quiet move, made their first move ahead of today's tread deadline, a minor one. The Pels acquired former Tennessee volunteer Josh Richardson, a veteran wing defender from the San Antonio Spurs. The cost to get him was Devontae Graham and four second-round picks. Josh Richardson is 6'6". He is uh, longer, taller, shoots about the same percentage as Devontae Graham does from downtown. He's just a bigger defender. Is this the end? I don't know. Um, Maybe there's some other things going on that will pop up within the next hour or two or three or four. Um, A lot of things still matriculating, so to speak. So, wow, right? Really floats your boat? Nah, not really. I'm just kind of, I kind of soured on Devontae Graham a year ago. And I think anything would be an upgrade over him. So in that regard, I think the Pels got better, but they will get better when they can put their full complimentary team on the court. And when that comes, well, it'll it'll be after the All-Star break for sure because Zion won't play prior to the All-Star game. He won't play in the All-Star game. We'll see if the Pels can get him ready soon thereafter. Russell Westbrook no longer an L.A. Laker. That's another one of the big moves. He's traded a three-team deal going to Utah. There's no way in God's green earth he's ever going to play for the Utah Jazz. He's going to get bought out, whatever, and become a free agency if there's anybody out there that cares about him. Second verse, same as the first. LSU basketball is just bad. They're just bad. They can't score. 
They just they scored 22 points in the first 20 minutes. Ended up with 53 points in college basketball with a shot clock, with a three-point line. They're just not a good team. They just don't have talent. They fight hard. They try their best. They just don't have talent. A very, very, very mediocre Mississippi State team beat them by 11, 64-53, sending the Tigers for the first time to 500. They're 12 up and 12 down, um, 1 in 10 in the SEC. They've now dropped 11 straight contests, and they're getting ready to play a very good Texas A&M team Saturday night in Pete's Palace, 7.30 tip. Okay, well, there you go. Big one today um, in Hattiesburg. Yes, indeed. Um, first time these two, the Southern Miss and the Raging Cajuns met in hoops was at the, the Cajun Dome back in early January. And Bob Marlin's club won by 14. Well, now they have another opportunity. 7.30 tip, Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg. The Cajuns and the Golden Eagles will square off with first place in the Sun Belt Conference standings on the line. UL brings the 20 and 4 overall record, 10 and 2 in the Sun Belt to Hattiesburg. Southern Miss is 21 and 4 and 10 and 2 also in conference play. The Cajuns have won 10 in a row. The Golden Eagles have won 7 straight games. Southern Miss has won 12 straight home games. With a little over 3,000 people in attendance. The Cajuns have won 11 straight at the Cajun Dome with a little over 3,000. So they're, they're very similar. They're very similar. They're both um, pretty good offensive clubs. Um, pretty good rebounding teams. Uh, we will talk with uh, Larry Bond, who will be on the television uh, side of things tonight on ESPN+. Plus. He is the color analyst for the Southern Miss broadcast. And uh, first place is on the line. So that's a huge one. That is a huge one. Uh, it's amazing. This is Super Bowl week, and the NBA has taken center stage. It's kind of amazing. Nobody's really talking about the Super Bowl. You had LeBron becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, and then, boom, mid around midnight, bang, Kevin Durant traded to the Phoenix Suns. You had Kyrie Irving making his debut with the Dallas Mavericks yesterday, and then the, the KD trade. Uh, so the NBA is um, really taking front row center stage, but we'll talk with Frank Schwab later on this afternoon at around 2.30. He is in Arizona covering the Super Bowl for Yahoo Sports, and we'll get his thoughts on what he's seen, what he has heard, and, and the likes of that. Meanwhile, um, the, the Saints, whining and dining, Derek Carr. He had dinner with Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, and other members of the Saints front office uh, last night at Ralph's on the Avenue. Um, the meeting ended around 10.30 last night, and he is uh, still back at Saint headquarters today. So he didn't fly away. So maybe that's a good sign. I, I, and, and, and is it going to make the Saints viable and, and dependable? And, and a, I don't know. 
I don't know. We, we will discuss that with Frank Schwab. Uh, we'll also discuss that in hour number two with Ross Jackson. We'll also discuss it with Al Salas. We'll talk about draft needs. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. We'll have back-to-back NFL guests uh, along the line. Cokie Riley will join us at 3 o'clock uh, this afternoon. Um, I told you about it before. Um, Friday. There will be a um, how do I how do I project this uh, kind of a rubber stamp of a name change on the basketball court at LSU. When it gets in front of the board, it, it's a rubber stamp. All the all the behind the scenes, all the votes have been taken. All the money has changed hands. And believe me, in something like this, you can always, always, always follow the money. And they'll have the vote um, all secured, and it will be called the uh, Brown Gunter Court or the Gunter Brown. I don't know what it's going to be called. Uh, I have no idea. But uh, the board meets Friday at 9 a.m. And um, like I said, it'll be it'll be rubber stamped, plain and simple. You know what my thought was <laughs> when I was asked, and I was asked by many, nationally, locally, and all this, I said, you know what? And this is not a knock on Sue Gunter at all. At all. Sue Gunner has a statue up on the concourse in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Has a statue there already. But if you have to do this, and as I said, follow the money, because I promise you money was exchanged to get this done. Trust me. My my choice was this. When the men play, it's called the Dale Brown Court. When Kim Mulkey takes her women's team on the court, you lift up those wooden squares and you put down the Sue Gunter court when the women play. Seems like a no-brainer to me. I don't know what the political angst is against that. I think that's a solution, but that's not going to happen. So um, we'll, we'll discuss some of that uh, with Cokie Riley coming up later on. Collis Temple III will be LSU's honoree as part of the 2023 SEC Legends at the SEC Basketball Tournament. Each team each year gets a representative. And congratulations to Collis Temple III for that. So, um, Larry Boyd talking UL Southern Miss Hoops. Frank Schwab, thoughts on the Super Bowl. That's our number one. Cokie Riley, the Dale Brown Court. Now going to be the Dale Brown Sue Gunter court in all likelihood. Ross Jackson on is Derek Carr the answer? Al Salas, um, what do the Saints need in the draft? Are they going to move up, move down? Is Carr the answer? Super Bowl. We'll have it all covered for you within the next two hours. So sit back and relax, and we'll be right back with Larry Boyd talking hoops. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Over 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. They're the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and applies permanent fat reduction by the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef. It's crawfish season. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 17 minutes after the hour. Huge hoops game tonight in Hattiesburg. First place in the Sunbelt Conference on the line when the Raging Cajuns make the trip east. And um, Southern Miss will try to win their 13th straight home game. Both clubs 10-2 and two in league play. Larry Boyd will be on the, uh, the microphone in the color analyst role on the ESPN plus broadcast of tonight's ball game and should be a really good crowd, two really good teams. Uh, and let, let's, let's see what happens. Larry kind enough to join us. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Good afternoon, Jordy. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on here. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, these two teams are kind of similar, right? I mean, the records are similar. Um, their home winning streaks are similar. Uh, they both kind of score the ball. Tell, yeah. I, I know Jay Ladner from a long time ago when he was coaching and throughout his career. He's a yeah. heck of a coach, and he's done a wonderful job at Southern Miss. Well, he has. And, and any coach that took over a program three or four years ago and they're still hanging around having having – you know, going through the COVID era and whatnot, and you're still around. I, I have so much respect for anybody, any coach, anywhere at any level that took over a program and then was hit with COVID, and then you had to recruit uh, via virtually and whatnot. And Jay's done a he, – he's weathered that storm now, and it's good to see for him as well as there's others. There's so many examples across the country. We've seen coaches coming in that just have been – through some trying times, and then to see them weather that storm and get to the other side and have some success, it says a lot for them as a coach, but also uh, to them about as a person. Um, I, I think a Southern Miss and two names pop up, Austin Crowley, Felipe Haas. Yeah. Um, they, they've been your go-to guys all year long between the two of them. I mean, they're averaging about 30, 32 points a game. Um, right. They've been consistent. Tell me about their games. Well, you, you talk about the similarities between the two teams, and you mentioned, you know, both like for for with uh, for Southern Miss, you got Hase and Coley, but then you've also got DeAndre Pinkney, you got Denaji Harris, you've got you've got other players, and that's what that's what makes them so difficult to to play, and that's what makes uh, Louisiana so difficult to play. You can't just focus in on one one mm-hmm. player. You've got to play a complete game offensively. You've got to play a complete game defensively to beat either one of these teams, but. Felipe Hase is a big guy. He's about six nine. He can he can play inside. He obviously get touches in the paint, 
but he can take it outside and hit the, the three-pointer as well. Uh, and then you got Crowley, who's kind of, as he stepped on campus, he, he just really became, according to Coach Ladner, he became the unspoken captain for the team because of, of his leadership abilities. And uh, he, he this team has uh, rallied around him and Hase and all the other, and they have they have chemistry. And that's just something that's, that's not coachable. You either have it or you don't. And Jay Ladner attributes the success that his program has had this year to Hase and Crowley for not, not only what they've done on the court, but for the chemistry and all the other things that they have developed off the court. And so you got to give those guys credit for not only averaging the points like you talked about, but just the team camaraderie and the chemistry that these guys. So you can tell they really enjoy playing basketball together. Mm-hmm. I just sense, you know, with Southern Miss coming into the Sun Belt, I, I, it just seems like a natural rivalry to me. Am I crazy it between is. these two clubs? No, they – no, listen, basketball, baseball, football, Louisiana yeah. and Southern Miss have played each other over the years. Uh, I've been to many contests in Lafayette. I've been to many contests in Hattiesburg. And it doesn't matter what they're playing, what sport. It's it's always been a rivalry. And now the, the Sunbelt's conference could not have you know, envisioned when they made the schedule out that here in February you'd have a game <laughs> with uh, with two teams at 10-2 and two atop the league. You know, playing on, in a Thursday night ball game. So very fortunate that to have you know Louisiana was predicted to be there. Southern Miss was not, and so mm-hmm. you've got you've got these two teams that know each other well. They have played each other for years, and they're talking about Jordy. They're talking about the crowd tonight and what kind of effect it's going to have on Louisiana. And I I kind of take it the other way. I I'm I want to see how Southern Miss handles this pressure because you know you've played before and you know how sometimes you can get too hyped up you can get sure. you know too amped up for the game yeah. i'm more interested to see i don't think louisiana's gonna have a bit of problem handling the crowd i think they've been there they're seasoned club uh southern miss is not used to playing in front of seven eight thousand people at Ooh. home and so and i'm sure both coaches marlin and, and ladner both have discussed their teams that hey this is you know, I know it's a big game, but they're not going to hand out the conference championship after That's this right. game tonight. But both of these teams have five games remaining. Southern Miss has, has, I think, the harder schedule because they literally end up their last two conference games on the road where Louisiana has their two last home games at home. And so just for those two reasons alone, uh, I think Louisiana has the – the easier road. Now, if Louisiana wins tonight, they've got a, really a leg up and more. They, they, mm-hmm. They're not going to have both hands on the conference uh, championship yet, but they're going to be having a pretty good, pretty good view of it. Seven to eight thousand people, man. That would be that. That would be great, man. I hope that happens. Well, they've already sold over seven thousand tickets, and the place only holds about eight thousand. And, and in, back awesome. in the old Clarence Weatherspoons days, those, those yeah. were those were normal crowds for. For the for the teams back then, and when Jay Ladner yeah. played, and that's what he's been trying to do is bring back that atmosphere and and that thrill, if you will, of playing in front of that crowd. Now, again, this is something that I'm sure Ladner has talked to his players about not getting too amped up, stay focused, stay within yourself, and you know you have to talk to yourself. It's not something you can show up and then turn. You've got to prepare days in advance not to not to get too into the game. It is a huge game. It's a big game. But it's it's just one game in the schedule. It's obviously a big game, and whoever whoever wins tonight's going to be 
leading first place. But again, the season, the regular season is not over. Then you've got the conference championship. But yeah. I'm just excited. I'm going to get to watch it and get to talk about it a little bit as they awesome. play. And uh, and I'm get I'm looking forward to it myself. Look, if both of these teams, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going to have five losses overall after this thing. But if, if it's the Cajuns 20 and five, that would put Southern Miss at 22 and four. I mean, if these two teams take care of business after this and, and do well in the tournament, there's a good chance that the Sunbelt yeah. could get two teams in the field of 68. I don't think that's preposterous. I think these are two good teams that should be rewarded if they take care of their business well a lot of times it's it comes it it comes down to how many other conferences you know had had their uh, teams win that were supposed to win you never know you have those upsets in the conference for the automatic bids and so yeah you want to win you want to win the regular season and obviously you want to get the automatic bid by winning that conference but championship but you're so right both of these teams are deserving it would be a shame to see either of these teams and, and you're right you sound like the post-game talk tonight for whoever is the, <laughs> the winning or the losing coach they're going to say hey we we either won this game it's just one more game we still got work to do you know Southern Miss turns around Saturday and plays uh Louisiana Monroe and I believe uh, Louisiana travels to Troy. So they've got to try, turn around both That's of right. these teams after the hyped-up game tonight, turn around less than 48 hours, and play another basketball game. So uh, those, even though this is a big game, Saturday's games, the coaches will tell Absolutely. you, those games are just as big as the game tonight, even though on paper <laughs> it certainly certainly doesn't look like it. But, but you're right. You can't. You don't want to win tonight, turn around, and and and, uh, and then fail on Saturday. So all the all these games were exactly what you talked about, Jordy. In the big picture, trying to get if we, if we don't get if they don't get Louisiana or Southern Miss doesn't win the the championship um, in Pensacola. That maybe with that that uh, that at large bid would come their way. It might very well. Southern, uh, Southern Miss uh, lost to UL 75-61 back on January 5th. What do you remember of that game? What does Southern Miss have to do better tonight to try and get the win at home? Well, they, they've got to defend better, and these are the words of Jay Ladner. I, I've asked him that point blank. He said, well, first of all, we've got to defend better, and then we've got to have good offensive possessions patient long offensive possessions where we're not giving louisiana extra opportunities you know and then they've got to handle their emotions i mean it's just no doubt that tonight big game uh how are they going to handle the hype how are they going to handle the emotions and i think we'll see early on in that game how southern miss is handling their emotions in this in this uh game you know that game that 15 point both teams had players who did not play that game that are playing tonight. So you can't say, well, we didn't have this guy and they didn't have that. Both teams had players out that game. So all, I think both teams now are full, full up, <clears throat> got everybody at their disposal. So it's going to be a fun game. Like I said, I'm just so excited that I get to, I get to watch it. And, uh, you know, I wish the best of both of these clubs after tonight's game that they go ahead and finish strong. And uh, whoever doesn't win the conference championship, I think the other – certainly deserves an at-large bid. 
That's awesome. Uh, enjoy every minute of it. Let's pack that place up. I did some games back in the day uh, when yeah. Clarence was playing there, and they had some big crowds, and I broadcasted those games, so it was a lot of fun. When, when that place is uh, full, it, it, it gets very, very loud. Right. And that's what yeah. every every player in college basketball ought to have that experience. <laughs> let's pack yeah. the joint, let's make a lot of noise, and let's have some fun. So, yeah. uh, Larry, and I can't think you this year but they haven't had seven or eight thousand it's, it's going to be fun yeah enjoy your uh front row seat man and have a great call <laughs> thank you jordy thanks for having me it's been an honor okay buddy you take care larry boyd talking tonight's ul southern miss hoops game first place in the sunbelt conference on the line in february and that means a lot we'll shift gears we'll head out to arizona super bowl talk with the schwab next this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game will be broadcasting not one, but two great games this Sunday. It all starts at 1 p.m. when the undefeated LSU women's basketball team travels to take on undefeated and defending national champion South Carolina. After that, on the hardwood wraps up, it'll be time for Super Bowl 57 live from Glendale, Arizona. Pre-game begins at 4. Kickoff between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs is set for 5.30 p.m. Tune in this Sunday for not one, but two Tremendous games right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. 33 minutes after the hour, we head out to Arizona, where uh, is it taking a backstage, the biggest game in football, the Super Bowl? Uh, Kevin Durant heading to the Phoenix. My goodness, what's going on? Well, Frank Schwab is there to cover things. We only have him for a few minutes. He's got a lot of work, and we're appreciative of the five or six minutes we can get from him. Good afternoon, Frank. Is is the NBA stealing the NFL's thunder? (laughs) Oh, yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, the trade deadline's been nuts. It's been a big talk out here, uh, Durant and all. But, you know, I, I, I'm sure once we get a, a couple days down the road, we'll start talking about this Super Bowl that 110 million people will watch or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's going to be a problem come Sunday. Uh, but certainly NBA's taking advantage of their time. I, I, can you believe Durant? To Phoenix? How do you think that works? Unbelievable, unbelievable. And, and you know, being based in Denver, the Nuggets have to be like – well, this yep. was our year. Why didn't we make that kind of a move? It's, it's crazy. And then the Bucks making moves out east. Uh, the, yep. the battle with the Celtics. It, the NBA trade, the trade deadline's great. I wish the NFL trade deadline was more like the NBA. Yes. I don't see why they don't. I, I, I can't figure that out anyway. The, uh, we'll get to the Super Bowl real quick. Is Phoenix the uh, the betting favorite now to win everything? I, I have not checked the odds today, actually. I okay. think they're second. I think they're behind the Celtics. I thought I saw that in passing, okay. Okay. which makes sense. I mean, it's still, the, you know, they got to stay healthy. They they need Chris Paul to be healthy late into the playoffs, which has rarely happened at his age. Devin right. Booker coming back. But I, I would, yes, I, I mean, if you want to put some, some money down on Phoenix right now, I don't think it's a it's a bad value because they're, they're a pretty good team. 
Yeah. All right. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Okay. If you were to take a coach in this game that you had more confidence in, would it be Andy Reid? Would it be Coach Sirianni? Who would you take? Oh, I think it's Reed, and that's not necessarily a, a, a slam right. on Sirianni, who's a fantastic young head coach, but yeah. Andy's been doing this so long. He's been in these big games. And look, these games, it is football. We overplay a little bit how much different it is, but it's so different. You, there's, there's just nothing like a Super Bowl. It's, it's not like an NFC Championship game. Right. So, you know, I, not that Sirianni can't do a great job getting his team prepared for this game. He's a smart guy, but... Just, I think that experience helps so much. Andy's just okay. look. If he wins the Super Bowl, Andy Reid's a top. What are we talking? Top five head coach all time? Yeah. Top ten at least, right? Like, I mean, he he's in rarefied air if he wins this one. Andy's great coach, and you know he's going to have this team ready to go. There's a method to my madness here. So you take Andy Reid slightly over Sirianni. If you had to pick a quarterback, would you take Mahomes <laughs> or would you take Hurts? Yeah, I get where you're going with this because it's Mahomes. I take Mahomes over. Just about anybody I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, he's that okay. good. He is. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Patrick Mahomes there. So everybody says you take the, the best coach and the best quarterback, and that's who you pick to win games. Is that who Frank Schwab is picking to win the game Sunday? I, I really wish we hadn't had uh, these last two questions back-to-back and then this one because it makes me sound crazy to say I'm taking the Eagles. I, I am too. I, I've gone back and forth. I, it's just this Eagles team has been really good from front to back. I, from the beginning of the season to right now, they're good in every single way. Yep. And, and Jalen's not that far. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts going to finish second in MVP voting tonight, uh, you know, when they announced that. Nick uh-huh. Sirianni easily was a coach of the year candidate. I mean, they're not deficient at those positions. But, right. yeah, it's the thing is, if you pick the Eagles, you are picking against Patrick Mahomes is an underdog in a Super Bowl, and that has to scare the heck out of you. It is, it's picking the 1992 Portland Trailblazers who are in the NBA Finals, right? Like, it's 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 Patrick Mahomes we're talking about, and I have more respect for. He's just that dude. He is the baddest dude on the planet. He's the greatest quarterback in the game. He's going to an MVP, and he should easily. And I've gone back and forth. I really have. It's not slam dunk that I love the Eagles in this game, but. I do side to their just overall roster depth is really, really impressive. Right. Can beat you different I, ways. Yeah, I, I'll take the Eagles, but it's going to be a, a long afternoon fading Patrick Mahomes. I just think the Eagles are the better team, and I think their defense, when Mahomes struggles, that's when they teams put pressure on him. And yeah. Philly, nobody does it better in the league at getting to the quarterback than Philly. And their back end is very underrated. I just like Philly. I really do. I'm with you. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like the Eagles built this defense to beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, right? But right. Howie Roseman understood it's a passing league. If we're not great in run defense, okay, that, that's fine. And they're not. They're, they're not a very good run defense, uh, run defense. But they had 70 sacks this year, which was two off the NFL record. They do have great guys in the secondary, two elite corners. Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM, looked at, at the landscape and said, we're going to build this thing to beat elite passing games and elite quarterbacks, and it just so happens that here you go, you're going to face Patrick Mahomes at the Super Bowl, and you honestly match up pretty well against them and this uh, top-ranked offense that the Chiefs have. Yeah. All right, Frank, I know you've got a ton of stuff to do. You've got the Yahoo podcast to do. You've got interviews to cover. So, hey, we appreciate any minute we can get with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Enjoy uh, enjoy Kevin Durant uh, and the Phoenix Suns. I mean, the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I will do, Jordy. I appreciate it. You enjoy the Super Bowl as well.
You got it, man. Thank you so much. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. We just um, that just came down the pipeline real quick to us. So we, you know, we we're thankful for him um, and we appreciate his time. It's it's kind of amazing. Um, Super Bowls right there. Glendale outside of Phoenix and the big story is Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns to team up with Chris Paul and Kevin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Um, I don't know how much defense they'll play. I don't know if they're going to be healthy, but if they are, holy cow, is there a better mid-range game conglomerate than Paul Booker and Durant? Sheesh. And, and and in the playoffs where things slow down and you don't get as many breakaways and, and fast break dunks and stuff and it becomes a half-court game, who who you going to guard? Man, um, that, that's pretty amazing. But back to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they always say take the best coach and the best quarterback. And I think everybody out there would say that Andy Reid has more skins on the wall than Nick Sirianni and that uh, Pat Mahomes is has been to the Super Bowl, won one, um, and, um, and he's been there and done that. And Jalen Hurts is kind of the surprise, but they are the front runners, and they will be one and two in the, in the MVP vote. So Jalen Hurts has had a spectacular year. So you would think that, People would say best coach, best quarterback. That's who I'm picking. Something about the Eagles, man. Um, the fact that, look, if the only way Kansas City wins this game, I think, is, well, you know, Mahomes has to play outerworldly, or they've got to stop Philadelphia from running the football. Because if Philadelphia runs the ball, Man, that eats up clock. That takes possessions away from Kansas City. And that they can wear you down. Just wear you down. And Philadelphia's defense, man, they get after you. But look, the, 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 both of these teams are here for a reason. They've played against the best, and they've beaten them all. So here's, here comes the Super Bowl. Here it comes. Um here it comes. Yes. Uh, let, let's take a quick break here. Um, let's uh, let's open up the, some phone lines there, uh, James. So uh, we'll take a quick time out. We'll be back with your phone calls on the NBA, uh, the Super Bowl, whatever you want after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab, and you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple. And it's all from the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. 
Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yes, that number 706-0111. Um, a lot of things we could talk about, a lot of uh, topics out there that are of interest. How do you feel about the Dale Brown Sue Gunter court? Does it even matter? Yeah, does it matter? I mean, it, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. And people can argue and pontificate all they want. It, you know, I still think my solution is the best. And I will not be appreciated until well after my days. I think it should be the Dale Brown court when the men play. It should be the Sue Gunter court when the women play. It's simple to do. Easy. Everybody's happy. You don't hurt anybody's feelings and you move on. Here's the question. What happens if and when Kim Mulkey wins a national championship? What do you do then? Brown, Gunter, Mulkey court? What do you do? You got to be careful with these things now. Got to be careful. Um, and while we're on it, why aren't there statues of Paul Dietzel and... Um, well, I know you can't put Nick Saban's statue up, or can you? Well, people would defame it. They would they would do stupid things and less miles in it. They all won national championships. Why don't you have a statue of them up around Tiger State? Plenty of space. Plenty of space for that. When's the Joe Burrow statue going to be put up? How long is that going to take? How long do you have to wait for that? He won the Heisman. It took forever to get a statue of Billy Cannon forever in a day. Why, why, why do you have to wait so long? The guy won a Heisman, get, get him a statue. Celebrate it. Celebrate it. Put up those coaches out there that won national championships. Boom. What are you going to do for Paul Maneri? I mean, it's Skip Bertman Boulevard, Skip Bertman Field. And look, nobody greater than that. But, but Paul won a, won a championship too. What do you do? Should they give a statue to every coach that's won a national championship? Man, you could put some, you could put uh, Pat Henry and Dennis Shaver out there on the track and field. Yeah, you could do, you wouldn't have to do it on gymnastics because they never win. I mean, they come close, but they never win. DD Bro, never, ever. Um, but if you talk to her, you think she'd won, was the greatest coach in the history of the world. But should you put statues up for coaches that won a national championship? I say, why not? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Dale Brown court when the men play. Sue Gunner court when the women play. They don't play on the same day. They don't play at the same time, obviously. Boom. Simple. Simple. But she already honored Sue. She's already got a statue up on the concourse. You could name it the Sue Gunner scoreboard. There's a lot of things you could do, but they just voted 13 months ago and they voted 12 to three, not N O T to name it the Brown Gunter court. Now, all of a sudden in, in a year's time, they're flipping it around. What, what's all of a sudden changed. That's what, that's what makes our, state in the eyes of 
outsiders look so ridiculous. We take one step forward and three steps back. What? What? So you know there's graft and corruption involved. You know there is. As I've said, and I've told my kids this, and I'll tell you this, and I believe this from the heart, my heart of hearts, just follow the money. As it's always going to do, it's always going to dictate everything. And my question is, I know who paid it, but who'd they pay it to? That's the question. So anyway, that's my favorite. I love Sue Gunner. We're very near and dear friends, but come on, man. It's it's apples and oranges. It really, truly is apples and oranges. It's not even close. Not even close. Um, so anyway, um, Pelicans make a move. They trade uh, Devontae Graham to San Antonio, and they pick up Josh Richardson. Uh, if you followed SEC basketball, Josh was an all-SEC performer for the Tennessee Volunteers back in the day. He's a vet. Uh, he's taller than Devontae Graham by about six inches. Much longer wingspan, much better defender. But he doesn't answer the call as far as being a consistent outside shooter. Shoots about the same. About 36 37% uh from the field the pels um got graham in, a, in the summer of 21 in a sign and trade they gave him a four-year deal worth 47 million thinking that he would surround zion williamson and and give them some more outside shooting but that went whoo that went south in a hurry he shot 36 percent from three uh across two seasons he was a starter until finally the pels made the best move they've made in years and they traded for cj mccullough and once that happened boom so graham's averaged five points a game in 15 minutes off the bench he was owed 12 million next season and 12.7 million in the 24 25 deal what makes richardson so appealing he's on an expiring contract now in 42 games with a bad san antonio team this season he's averaging 11 and a half points a game he's shooting 36 percent from three on nearly five attempts per game so that's what we've got so far i don't know if there's anything else in the pipeline uh but um we will see we will see uh there's some players out there the teams are trying to move just a question of can you make the the numbers work and we'll see i see i still think the the pels are very active i still think they want a player or two uh so we shall see we shall see. Um, a signed Kobe Bryant jersey worn during his lone MVP season in 2007-2008 sold for $5,849,700 at Sotheby's, a record for any Bryant item. It's the second most expensive basketball jersey ever sold. Ever sold. That's, uh, man, that's crazy. I guess if you got it, you know, what do you do? Of course, the record um, belongs to Michael Jordan. Uh, 
the jersey he wore in game one of the 1998 last dance NBA finals, which also sold via Sotheby's for 10.091 million last year. So um, people will play for, pay for stuff. Muhammad Ali's Rumble in the Jungle, Jungle Championship belt sold for over six million. Babe Ruth's jersey sold for five and a half million. Um, Diego Maradona's Hand of God jersey sold for nine point two eight million. But Michael Jordan's got the number. He's the best. Ten point one million. The goat. The absolute goat. I love you, LeBron, but I'm sorry. Um, Jordan's the best. Averaged over 30 points a game in his career. He just didn't play as long as LeBron. And he took those couple of years off to play baseball. I really believe. And during those two years, one full year, and he came back late, late, late in the second season uh, where he wore number 45. But back-to-back years, Akeem, the Dream, Olajuwon, and the Houston Rockets won back-to-back NBA titles. If Michael doesn't leave... They win eight straight. Eight straight. I really believe that. Eight straight. Golly sakes alive. Um, all right, coming up, hour number two, Cokie Riley will join us. We'll talk uh, all things LSU. Ross Jackson will talk about the latest on Derek Carr. Um, is he the answer? Do the Saints go via another free agent do they go the draft and are we selling short the red rifle andy dalton um the honey badger certainly says we are and he's sick of it so andy dalton's got tyron matthew in his corner um al salas will join us as well we'll talk all things nfl super bowl and the like so that's what's coming up in our number two so stick around on this beautiful chamber of commerce thursday february the 9th the year 2023 james mesh taking us to break our number two straight ahead here on the jordy helpert show Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Uh, Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Thursday, February 9th, the year 2023. James Mesh back in the master control suite in the producer's chair, spinning the tunes, pushing all the buttons on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on and see us as well as we're simulcast on on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Try as they might, LSU men's basketball team just can't win for trying. They lose last night 64-53 to to Mississippi State. That's 11 straight losses. They're 12 up, 12 down on the season. Woo! Let's bring in my good friend, Koki Riley, who covers the Tigers for um, the Daily Advertiser. Uh, amongst others, and he's kind enough to join us today. Koki, how are you, my man? What's going on these days? 
Yeah, doing really well. Um, you know, just uh, staying busy with uh, still a good bit of news, even uh, even though we're in a bit of a transition period at the moment with uh, basketball sort of struggling, men's basketball and sort of struggling, and uh, baseball coming out pretty soon. So tell me what the news is, man. Give me some scoop. What's happening? Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's I mean, nothing, I guess, terribly new. I, I mean, maybe I'm uh, sort of uh, hinting toward uh, the Dale Brown uh, court situation. Yes. Um, I mean, that's certainly the news, for one. Um, there's uh, the big women's basketball game coming up on Sunday. So um, baseball coming up soon, as I already mentioned. So, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's still busy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You you have no dog in the fight. Um, what from from all your research and everything you've accumulated on this Dale Brown court saga that's going to have a, a a rubber stamp vote, I'm sure, on Friday morning uh, to call it the I don't know what they're going to call it the Brown Gunter Court Gunter Brown. I have no idea. Um, what have, what have you ascertained about sports? politics uh and all that intertwined that that we're so famous for here in the state of louisiana i i mean i, I this is just a very very complex situation that um it's very hard to i think point the finger really either way um obviously like you said i don't have a dog in this fight um i i've been I was I was working really hard reporting trying to report something on this story and um that certainly wasn't easy just to uh, just I guess to disclose that um but I mean from what I could tell and what I wrote in the story that just came out this morning um that it's that there's just so many layers to this thing I mean we can start all the way from the beginning and um I mean one of the sources for my story Trent Angers he he told me that he bypassed the Hall of Fame committee, which is usually, which is one of the one of the few steps um, that has to sort of approve a person's name, a coach's name, in particular, especially when it comes to a coach's name, in terms of them getting named onto something. And um, he told me that he bypassed the committee and um, uh, went straight to the board of supervisors, and the and the vote went up to the supervisors, and it got passed. Uh, despite the fact that it never went through a Hall of Fame committee, or um, uh, so I, I mean, there's there's stuff, there's just a lot of, I guess, stuff like that. And then there's also the fact that the Louisiana State Legislature in 2021, in April of 2021, uh, before the board held their vote to have Coach Brown's name on the court, uh, they unanimously said that they believe that the court should be named after Dale Brown. That's both the House and the Senate. So. I mean, you just have, I mean, there are just so many different things that you can look into this story with. I mean, there's the Louisiana governor and the, and president Tate, um, at least reportedly being involved. I mean, the governor, uh, has released a statement on this issue. Um, and that's also in my story as well. So I, there's just so many different layers to this and there's so many different perspectives to this that it's just really hard, um, to sort of determine who's in the right and who's in the wrong. And, um, I think I think overall this is just a really interesting snapshot. It's not really just about someone's name on the court, even though obviously that's the issue on hand. This is an issue about politics. This is an issue about race. Even this is an issue about um, gender equality. Even and 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 it's and no one person is 
is obviously right or obviously obviously wrong in the situation. It's just it's just extremely complex. I think that's what, just what I'm trying to say. And there's right. a lot of examples of how how it is. And and I think I think that's what I tried to do with with my story. Yeah, I think what is baffling to many, and I've been asked this by many, um, is mm. the fact that. 13 months ago, those same people on the board voted 12 to 3 not to name it the Dale Brown Sue Gunner Court or whatever they're going to name it. 12 to 3. Now, yeah. 13 months later, and, and and certainly sooner than that, because this has been in back channels before uh, this time right now. Uh, now, all of a sudden, they have completely flip-flopped it. And they've gotten all the votes they need because they're not going to put it on the board docket unless it's rubber stamp, unless they've got the votes and they're just going to rubber stamp them. So so that's the question I want answered. What all of a sudden happened so quickly? And unfortunately, President Tate will not make a comment. Governor Edwards, that was a that was a canned um thing written by one of his staff members uh he won't come out and talk nobody will come and talk about it and i have sent inquiries to 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 interview them others have sent inquiries to interview them and no one will so that tells me it's really a hot button topic and look does it matter to me one way or the other i mean it's I don't have any say in the matter. I know there's a statue of Sue Gunner up in the concourse. There's not a statue of Dale Brown. Um, so, yeah. I, you know, it's just sure. one of those things. Yes, I played for the man. I coached with the man. I did his games, but I did Sue Gunner's games as well. And I was friends with Sue Gunner. It's kind of apples and oranges in my eye, but I just want an explanation, but no one will give one. So that tells me, as always, just follow the money, Koki. Follow the money. Yeah, um, and again, this is just such a this is such a uh, I guess unique and um, great situation because you're 100 percent correct that it is very strange that the board's putting this up to a vote again, and most likely they will approve it if it's up to a vote again um, because they already determined this a year ago, and only one member of the board has changed it, and that was the student body board member, right? So the fact that this is up for a vote again just a year later with the same people, that is that is that is I mean that that should definitely be questioned. And then there's also but then you could also say on the flip side, well, Dale Brown's name should have never been put up to a vote in the first place because uh, there there uh, it I, as I reported my story, um, the his name was there's a very good likelihood that his name was bypassed through the, the regular channels mm-hmm. that is that are that's required to have someone's name on a on on an LSU property. So it's well, that, this is what I mean. There's just yeah, so many layers crazy. to this. Then story the board should have said, "Wait a minute, it's, whoa, it's whoa, whoa, to, we can't do this." But here's my solution, Koki, and I've been screaming it from the mountaintop, just like I said. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl Sunday should be Super Bowl Saturday, so we can all enjoy it and stay up and eat, drink, and be merry instead of having going to work the next day. Let's make it idea. when the men play the <laughs> Dale Brown Court, when the women play, take that up and put down the Sue Gunner Court. Simple, done, history. Yeah, I was talking with someone today about this, and I heard that same exact um, I heard that same exact suggestion, and um, I I don't think that will happen. I think there's no, there's too many emotions. Oh. Yeah, there's yeah, too many emotions involved at this point, and too much 
and too much uh, bad, uh, bad animosity. It's too much animosity towards both sides, but it that does sound like a, a solution at least. So yeah. I think it's easy. Um, Nothing easy about the men's basketball team. They can't throw it in the ocean. They keep trying. They just don't have the talent, Koki. They they don't have SEC talent. Yeah. um, I mean, like you said, even when there was a bit of a sliver of hope with the Alabama game, I thought they actually had some some nice moments offensively. I thought – uh, they were able to string together some some solid possessions, especially in the half court. You know, get some movement going, get some pace into that offense. Um, yeah. Better decision making, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, even if the shooting wasn't totally there, especially toward the end of the end of that game, um, this Mississippi State game just looked like they were just stuck in the mud again. I mean, they were turning yeah. the ball over a whole time. Yeah. I mean, Justice Williams was taken out at the very beginning of the game, and I don't believe he played for the rest of it. Um, it's and I mean they weren't playing with the proper pace and tempo you want to see in the half court. Uh, they certainly weren't shooting the ball well at all again. Um, yeah, it was just, it was like a it was a low possession game that was clearly dictated by Mississippi State. And Mississippi State's not a very good offensive team, but they're an excellent no. defensive team. And no. If you play no strength, that's what's going to happen. So what happens. Me- me- mediocre Mississippi State team at best, mediocre. LSU gets 47 shots up in 40 minutes and only nine free throw attempts. It's just a bad team. We got to understand it. We got to live with it. And we got to hope that Coach McMahon can uh, can right the ship and get better players in like Kim Mulkey has done. Uh, and what a yeah. huge showdown that's going to be um, on Sunday. Man, that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that more than the Super Bowl. <laughs> It's uh, it, it's a heck of a matchup. Um, you can't ask for much more when it comes to to uh, women's basketball. Um, and yeah, I'm really fascinated to see how this LSU team comes with the test. I mean, if you're an LSU fan, I think you're hoping for them to be close in this game. I, I don't think I, to realistically expect them to beat South Carolina. I think is um, at, probably asking too much because I mean. This year was supposed to be a step forward, but I don't think anyone truly expected this team to be number three in the country and undefeated at this point in the year. I know their schedule was much easier and it kind of, and it's really helped them, it really helped allow them to be where they're at right now. But you would have figured, you know, one or two bad losses here or there or a Tennessee loss or something, right? But no, Mm -hmm. I mean, here they are. They've, they've played extremely well despite the fact that they're not, they don't have the deepest roster out there. And, yeah, and, and now they're in an undefeated showdown against a, a team that hasn't lost in, I don't even know, over a year, right? At least, right? right? right. Two years. Um, so it, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how they stack up in this game because if they can make it close, they can make it competitive. That's when you know this is like a true Final Four contender. Um, if they, if, if, if they, even if they lose by 20, they still might be a true Final Four contender. South Carolina yeah. is that good, but... That's if they right. make it close, I think it's hard to deny that they're not uh, one of those Final Four contenders. Koki Raleigh with us. I, I missed my opportunity. I, I talked with Kim the other day on the show, and I should have asked her, okay, um, you know, you believe in your team. Dawn Staley believes in her team. Who wins one-on-one, you or Staley? They were both <laughs> national. They both won college basketball national championships. They both played on the Olympic teams. They, they both won championships <laughs> as coaches, as Olympic coaches. Who wins one-on-one, Monkey or, 
or Staley. I'm going with the pigtails. I'm going with Mulkey. <laughs> that would be really fun. Um, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I know, like, Staley, I mean, outside of just that, comparison right as players um yep. i mean our our Corey diaz just came out with a story today i haven't had the chance to read it yet because um i've been busy with a bunch of other stuff but uh it's it, it was about how i mean kim loki nearly took the south carolina job and um he sort of goes into detail on, on that like what if giant what if possibility and yeah. um yeah. i think it's a really interesting primer heading up into this uh super bowl level showdown on sunday <laughs> I look forward to reading it. Koki, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, great job on the story with the, the Dale Brown court. It'll be rubber stamped. Have no fear. Follow the money, big guy. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on, Jordy. You got it. We'll uh, switch gears. We'll talk NFL talk. Ross Jackson next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you each and every day by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus discount outlets over 60 in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. Valentine's Day, get her or him the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps him or her lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing by DC's little capital Exxon with their true soul food deli home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And by Cajun chef, turn up the taste with Cajun chef, hot sauce. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the blonde bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane. He rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, 21 minutes after the hour, time to talk about the Saints, the NFL, and there's only one guy to talk to, and that's Ross Jackson because he's locked on everything. That's all I can say. That's his business card, locked on everything. Good afternoon, Ross. How are you, my man? <laughs> hey, buddy, doing great, doing great. Glad to be here with you. So um, I, I hear that Derek Carr may still be in town. That's a good sign if, if you're a fan of Derek Carr. What, 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 what do you think? What's going on here? Yeah, so uh, as we understand it, Derek Carr uh, went and had uh, dinner and you know a couple of meetings with you know DA and a couple of others within the organization, and then today sticking around and kind of doing a tour of the facility. This is pretty much standard operating procedure right. when it comes to uh, when it comes to these types of visits. Everything I, I would still consider it. I think the word that Nick Underhill over at New Orleans that football uh, uh, used was really good. It's exploratory, right? It's a see, it's mm-hmm. gauge interest, see if there's a fit there. I don't think that this would particularly end in directly, you know, some kind of a trade happening today, but also, you know, who knows? Things could move, things could move pretty quickly. So we'll see how everything goes, but certainly a good sign seems that the visit is, uh, at the visit is going well. And so, you know, we'll see how everything, uh, kind of develops from here. So take me to the beginning. The Saints have to request to the Raiders permission 
to have Derek Carr visit and for that permission to be granted? Is there some winking, blinking, nodding? Hey, look, we'll we'll give you this uh, to kind of get the ball rolling. How does this work? Yeah, so it's a little bit more, you know, between, it's kind of like how the Sean Payton situation works, right? So the two organizations speak, they come to an understanding is the way that I would say it about what the draft compensation has to be. They don't necessarily have to agree that the draft compensation is going to be anything in terms of terms and stuff like that, but they at least come together, have, you know, some initial conversations, gauge interest between the two franchises. I'm sure that, you know, New Orleans will at, has probably has already asked questions like, you know, would you be willing to, you know, facilitate the trade a bit by taking on some of the salary, things like that. Those types of initial conversations may have already started to take place, but nothing is agreed upon. It's just more right. so, here's what we want, here's what we want. If things work out here, would you be willing? Yeah, we, we're in the ballpark. We understand what it is that you want. That's kind of the way that I would look at it. Uh, and then from there, if the two sides can come to sort of that understanding, then they're granted permission for the player to go and uh, visit the team if the player wants to go and visit the team. And those initial talks also give the player an opportunity to kind of go to the organization and say, no, I'm not there. You know what I mean? And, and kind of be able to, to head that off at the pass as well, if that's a desire. Clearly, that wasn't a desire for Derek Carr. And so... Um, at this point, it looks like you know they at least came to an understanding, or at least shared an okay. understanding of what the draft compensation would be asked to be, and then you know ultimately we'll see what it turns into once they get into the you know finer points of negotiating if things come together for right. Derek Carr and the Saints. A lot of ifs, ands, and buts on this thing. Um, Derek Carr, mm-hmm. of course, drafted by Dennis Allen back when Allen was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. Everything is about timing. Um, Who's who does time favor and who is who does time not favor in this negotiation? <laughs> well, the time definitely does not favor the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I think the, 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 the party that gets the best out of sort of the time here is is Derek Carr. Um, you know, look, Derek Carr could have done what David Onyemata and Marcus Davenport did with the Saints and extended sort of that deadline. Um, you know, there's a bunch of guaranteed money that the, the Raiders take on if Derek Carr is still on the roster on February 15th. And so, you know, Derek, uh, David, David Onyemata and uh, uh, Marcus Davenport had the same you know, stipulation in their contract about guaranteed money, not okay. as much as Derek Carr, but they had the same thing. They right. pushed that back to March. Derek Carr basically said he has no, you know, it's not in his best interest to do that, and he's right because now, you know, what the time does do for Derek Carr is that he knows more quickly what his future is and 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 how much he controls his destiny. Now he's got a no trade clause, so the other part of this is that he has to agree to where he's being traded. If things don't work out in terms of where he's being traded, and he doesn't feel that you know any place is the right fit in terms of those markets, he can then wait it out be released before that February 15th deadline and then end up, you know, being able to see more teams. Cause then obviously more teams would be interested if they don't have to give out draft capital to bring him in. Doesn't this all kind of depend upon the dude that's going into four nights of darkness and decides whether he's going to play anymore or stay in green Bay or maybe go somewhere else. Um, not necessarily, because I don't know okay. that New Orleans would be in on that. I think New Orleans wants to keep as much of its draft capital as possible uh, and be able to, you know, build around the quarterback that they bring in. Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, as you as you just alluded to, have an existing relationship. Demario Davis and Derek Carr have an existing relationship. He would be a good locker room fit. 
I, I don't know necessarily that the Aaron Rodgers thing at this point in his career really impacts anybody but the Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers himself, the Green Bay Packers, and teams that are interested in trading with him. I don't know if New Orleans is going down that road. But I know that like there's a team up in New York. The Jets need a quarterback, and maybe there's mm-hmm. more negotiating. Maybe you know that that's what I'm 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 pointing to. Maybe the Jets would be willing to offer more because they may feel like they are a veteran good quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. That's the only point I was trying to make. Oh yeah, for sure. That that definitely, you know, makes makes a little bit of an impact. But, you know, in any case, if Derek Carr approves the idea of going to the New Orleans Saints enough for him to come and visit, then hopefully that stays on the positive side of all that. And then Derek Carr may not even be an option for the New York Jets if that's a place that he doesn't want to go to because he controls his destiny there. So even independent of Aaron Rodgers, that decision could be made in the Saints' favor just by Derek Carr. If this does not work out, what's option number two, you think, for the Saints? Yeah, I think you look to free agency and you look to some of the veteran quarterbacks there. Um, Obviously, if Lamar Jackson were to end up hitting the market, you you know you look into that, but he's not available yet, and so you know I don't I don't know that you hold out for that. Um, and then you know you go to the free agency market, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, you you know see if there's a potential reunion there for Teddy Bridgewater, or you end up bringing uh, Andy Dalton back. And if things get to a desperate enough case, then you start to look at whether or not the Saints can convince you know Jameis Winston to you know be willing to give them another run here in 2023. But I think what seems most kind of most likely if they can't land Derek Carr is some veteran quarterback like an Andy Dalton or a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that, and then going after a quarterback in the draft. And, and honestly, I don't rule out going after a quarterback in the draft, even if you trade or yeah. land in, in one way or another Derek Carr, uh, because okay. you know, you've know you got a, a few years left of Derek Carr, but then who is he going to be in five years? You know, and So if you have that young rookie that right. you've been investing in for a little while, it's yeah. probably not a bad situation to be in. Uh, but, you know, very likely you're already into a second contract with that young quarterback by the time that you would ever turn to them. If you're betting the soft drink of your choice on this thing, what kind of odds do you give the Saints that Derek Carr is wearing number four in the black and gold next year? What, what kind of odds do you have on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would keep that low for right now. I would probably say that there's, you know, if I were to put it in a percentage chance, I would probably say a 25 to 30% chance at this time. Like I said, this is just an exploratory right. sort of look. It, it is the it is the first step, and if the Saints are excited about the idea of potentially landing Derek Carr, then this is a positive step so far into that. But until, you know, we know exactly, you know, the interest between Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints before we know sort of the future of how the Las Vegas Raiders are hoping to handle all this and what their asking right. price is, there's an estimation that it's a third-round pick, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, certainly, if the Raiders are willing to take on some of the contract expense, then maybe that draft compensation goes up, and then therefore the percentage of chance goes up as well. So there's a couple of different ways to go about it, but I think right now, if I were looking at it, just based on the fact that he's not yet a free agent, I would say maybe 25 to 30 percent at most. But you know, we'll see how things adjust over the course of the next. I would probably say maybe 48 to 72 hours. Super Bowl 57, they're not talking about the Super Bowl. They're talking about Kevin Durant going to Phoenix. But other than that, um, who do you like, the Eagles or the Chiefs? I I mean, look, it, it's really hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, but I am very, very excited to watch this Philadelphia Eagles team. I think that the Eagles team is better 
everywhere at every position with the exception of the most important one quarterback um you know philadelphia eagles wrapped up racked up 70 regular season sacks it was a franchise record for them they have some big time wreckers there which allows them to be able to play their quarters coverage their zone coverage turn their backs to patrick Mahomes, and trust their pass rush if they're able to do that consistently and play their brand of football i don't see why the philadelphia eagles can't win this game outside of heroics from uh outside of heroics from from patrick mahomes but can't rule out andy Reid on that sideline either ross jackson locked on everything Kind enough to join us. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. And um, we look forward to all your tweets about the Saints, Derek Carr, and all your stories, man. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon here. Take care and stay safe, all right? Uh, Ross Jackson locked on everything with the New Orleans Saints and the NFL. We'll keep it in the NFL. We'll keep it with the Saints. Al Salas, Canal Street Chronicles, joins us. After this timeout, this is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the Game Charity Golf Scramble, benefiting Redbird Ministries. Hit the links at Farm Day Alley while supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministries' mission. That is, of serving families who've been given the extraordinary cross to carry, that being the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drink, and a great day with the staff at the game. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can make a difference. Download the free Game Mobile app from either Android or Apple services so you can take the Blonde Bomber with you always. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Ah, we're back 36 minutes after the hour, keeping things on the NFL front and the New Orleans Saints. Al Salas, Canal Street Chronicles, and uh, many, many other things that he does is joining us. Hey, Al, how's your uh, Thursday, February 9th going? Hey there, Jordy. It's going great, man. How are you guys doing? We're doing terrific. Um, we just talked um, about the, the Derek Carr um, situation with uh, another guest, but uh, are you in favor of this, or would you rather see the Saints go in another direction for the most important position on the field? No, I, I think Derek Carr is a great option for this team, especially considering if you can somehow get him to help you out with the contract if they do end up trading for him. Uh, that could bond well for a lot of reasons. Obviously, one, it provides you a lot of relief this year for the salary cap. Uh, and what was the player itself? You know, Derek Carr was a guy who, uh, early on in his career at, with the Raiders, you know, faced a lot of dysfunction between different coordinators, different coaches, uh, never really had a lot of stability until John Gruden got there. And then Gruden was, you know, uh, let go for obvious reasons. And then, uh, you know, with Josh McDaniels, maybe he didn't view Derek Carr as his guy and wanted to start over. Uh, so I think for him to come back here with Dennis Allen, the guy who drafted and started him his rookie year, uh, I think for a guy like Derek Carr, who I think is, who values, uh, you know, loyalty and things like that, I think that speaks a lot to how uh, Derek Carr has visited with the Saints and only the Saints uh, so 
bar and even went back today to the facility after uh, going out with dinner with Mickey Loomis or with uh, Carmichael and Dennis Allen last night. Um, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, sent out a tweet, quote, uh, Big Red, truly underrated. People aren't talking about him enough. Sick of it. Uh, obviously, in reference to Andy Dalton. Uh, could you foresee uh, a situation <laughs> where both Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston are back uh, running this with a chance to run this team next year? You know, Jordy, I think at the moment, I think, you know, Dalton could for sure be brought back to be a backup uh, for the team, much like last year. I think Jameis Winston, uh, you know, when Winston went on the podcast with Nick Underhill and uh, and kind of aired out some laundry with, between him and the Saints and how things went down this year with the injury and how the team promised him an opportunity to come back and start, and that never really happened. Uh, I think the the bridges were burned at that point between the okay. two, you know, the Saints and Jameis. Um, and I think there's just, there's really no mending that uh, relationship anymore. Fair enough. Um, it, it seems like whichever team in the NFC South gets a decent quarterback, you put them to the head of the class, uh, but it may not be enough to make a deep run in the playoffs. Is that is that Derek Carr or do the Saints have enough – to be a legitimate threat if he is the Saints quarterback? Oh, I think so. I think if the Saints can re-sign some of their own key players and uh, you know, and add in a couple more guys in free agency, uh, you draft wisely with that extra first-round pick they got this year in the Peyton trade and do bring in Derek Carr. Uh, look, the NFC is relatively wide open. I know Philadelphia, you know, they had a great year this year. The schedule was pretty was on their side most of the season. We saw what the Niners did with the seventh-round draft pick Brock Purdy this year. Uh, really, outside of those two teams, or the NFC kind of has no real right. third third threat to the to the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think if the Saints do get Derek Carr, make a couple smart decisions, uh, and ultimately figure out what they're going to do with Michael Thomas uh, going forward, then the Saints could be a team to make some noise. Uh, NFC. What would you do with Michael Thomas? <laughs> that's a great that's a great follow-up i don't, I don't I have a clue anymore i, I really don't <laughs> i hate this i hate to see him get healthy go somewhere else and become this phenom like he was uh, but there's another side of me that says man damaged goods once you're damaged in that league you're you're always damaged it seems like right and i think you know i think first i think if the team does land Derek Carr, i think the avenue of Michael Thomas coming back to New Orleans, you know, there is a path to that happening. You know, Mike Thomas has been seen on social media, uh, liking pictures, liking tweets of Derek Carr possibly going to the Saints. He's been posting pictures of him, you know, in his jersey, you know, game day photos. Uh, so it kind of just makes you wonder. There's no real, you know, rumors or truth to it, but it makes you wonder, you know, if the Saints do land Derek Carr, um, we know when the team visited the contract at the end of the year, it was more to, of a split is what it was going to be between Thomas and the Saints mutually. But now you kind of wonder if they do land Derek Carr, would Mike be open to touching that contract one more time, maybe toward those a path where both sides, you know, can be happy and, you know, on the same team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And I don't, I'm not, I mean, what's the relationship that he had with Sean Payton? What's the relationship he has now with Dennis Allen and Pete Karma? I, I don't know these, these, uh, I don't have the answers for that, but mm-hmm. um, 
God, when when healthy, when good, he's really, really good. And if I'm Derek Carr, that's the first question I ask. Hey, Michael Thomas, what are you going to do with him? And what's his health status? And because he makes me a much better quarterback if I come here. Right, and for sure. And I think, you know, let's say if you do move on from Michael Thomas, the Saints are going to be in need of a big-bodied possession wide receiver. This really isn't the free agent class. It's not a very good wide receiver class in free agency to begin with. Uh, and the Saints have more pressing needs in the draft than a wide receiver. And look, he's already on the books. You're already going to pay him a bunch of money. Uh, we know Dennis Allen, when he was made the head coach, the, one of the first things he did was he flew out to Los Angeles last year to meet with Michael Thomas to make amends and make sure they both are on the same page going forward. Um, so, it, it, again, it makes you wonder, if you do land Derek Carr, you know, like you mentioned, Derek Carr certainly had to ask, what's going to happen with Michael Thomas? You know, I think that's a that's a big selling point to have him and Olave and Shahid uh, as your three receivers. So I don't. It, it's a fun question because we truly, at this point, do not know what his fate is. If you get Derek Carr and he becomes the quarterback of the Saints, where do you head? What direction do you head in the draft? That's a great question, Jordy. So let's say hypothetically. Um, I don't hate defensive line in the draft. I will say a fun scenario for me, if you're at pick 29, how about B. John Robinson from Texas? And I say this because it looks like yeah. Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for what happened yeah. in Las Vegas a couple of years ago at the Pro Bowl. Um, and we, it, it's pretty obvious the Saints need to have a reliable number two back behind Kamara to split the load to take those tough yards up the middle. Uh, and Bijan is the best running back in this draft. And I'm not a big fan of running backs in round one to begin with, but in that back end, uh, that would be tremendous value to get a player like Bijan Robinson to kind of uh, help make this a two-back offense where you're not asking Derek Carr to go out there and throw 40 times a game to try and get you to win. You know, you can have a guy, you know, like Bijan and Kamara, you know, split the load, take pressure off uh, of Derek Carr, whoever the quarterback is for that for that. Okay, um, I got you. Um, we're talking with Al Salas, um, who does um, great work covering the New Orleans Saints. But I, I got to ask you about uh, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. It's in Phoenix. Everybody's <laughs> talking about um, Kevin Durant leaving Brooklyn and going to the Phoenix Suns. So the NBA's had their couple of days with the trade deadline. I wish the NFL did the trade deadline like the NBA does. Man, it's exciting. It's fun. It's great. But um, the NFL will get their 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 one uppance when it gets closer to the game. Uh, Kansas City, Philadelphia. I asked this question earlier, and I'll ask you the same thing. If you're going to pick between the coaches, which coach are you picking? It's <laughs> a, a great question. It has to be Andy Reid, right? Andy okay. Reid, you know. All right. It, now work with me it, here. If you're going to pick the quarterback of the two, which quarterback are you going with? Uh, again, it's got to be Pat Mahomes, right? It's got to be Pat Mahomes. So logic, logic tells me best coach, best quarterback, that's who you're picking to win the game. But is that who Al Salas is picking to win this game? <laughs> uh, you'll be happy to know that is indeed who I am picking. I think, you know, with the extra week of rest or Pat Mahomes off that sprained ankle, I think uh, the Eagles, you know, they had not quite, played a quarterback nor face a coach like Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes uh, for the entire season. I think the Chiefs will find a way to get creative, just help Mahomes move around the pocket and avoid that pressure. 
And uh, I'll give you an X factor. Uh, it might be Isaiah Pacheco, the running back, his tough physical style and chucking for chucking for those extra two to three yards has really kind of helped, you know, change not only the identity, but it's, it's been another element to this offense that we really haven't seen from the Chiefs, uh, you know, quite frankly, since Pat Mahomes has been there. Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is back off the injury list, but that little running back—he—he's a—he's a scooter. He's quick. Uh, you can't see him in the in, in the pile of behemoths. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty. And I just I just want to see somebody try and um, slow down Travis Kelsey. Son of a gun! Every game he's making plays, and everybody knows that's who Mahomes is going to. Everybody does, and they, nobody seems to be able to stop him. Why is that? Uh, quite frankly, it's simply because Mahomes and Kelsey have this undeniable, uh, you know, almost I can read your mind. You know, if, if Pat's going to tell Kelsey to do this instead of that, they already know they're on the same page. That chemistry they have is unbelievable. Um, you saw it in the Bengals game when, when uh, the touchdown Kelsey caught, yeah. Kelsey was supposed to keep running out towards the corner. He instead stopped and cut on a dime and tap threw it right to him. The chemistry those two have, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Just a couple of days ago, February 7th, 13 years to the day, Saints won the Super Bowl. Am I going to see a Saints Super Bowl again in my lifetime? Are we? Uh, I mean, it seems like right now we're so far away, but are we? Uh, that's a great question, Jordy. I was in the sixth grade when that happened, and I thought <laughs> right after, hey, man, this coach, this quarterback, this could be a fun ride for us, and then – Little did I know that was going to be the one, the one that I saw with those two at, at the helm. So, I, I, I sure hope so, Jordy. I, I sure hope so, man. That would be something cool to see again. All right, Al Salas has the Chiefs. Uh, give me in in ten seconds uh, odds on Derek Carr being the Saints' quarterback next year. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, at this very moment, I say I say it's a seven. I think this could be a thing wow. where they wait until after the Super Bowl to announce it. If he did come back to the facility, but who knows? But I'm pretty confident in Derek Carr right now. I like it. Al, thank you, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl, buddy. Take care. You guys do the same. Appreciate you all. Uh, You're the best, Al Salas. We'll come back and wrap it all up with a couple of birthday wishes after this final timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're all about deals here at the game. So here we go. It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. This Friday morning, tomorrow morning, you can get two $20 vouchers to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for only $20. That's $40 in vouchers, and you'll get it for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com tomorrow morning, Friday morning, to get two $20 vouchers to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for only the price of one, $20. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
All right, we are back 54 minutes after the hour. Time to uh, wrap this day's edition up as we get ready for a fun-filled Friday edition with the weather, uh, with the regular crowd shuffling in. Larry Holder of The Athletic. We'll talk all about the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the Saint, all that stuff. Uh, George Faust will join us as well. Uh, we'll we'll uh, recap the Cajuns and the Golden Eagles in a huge hoops game tonight. And then George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make our Super Bowl picks amongst other things. And we'll also pick the uh, LSU-South Carolina women's hoops game. That'll be huge, huge. All right, special thanks to Larry Boyd, Frank Schwab, Cokie Riley, Ross Jackson, and Al Salas. If today, February 9th, is your birthday, Well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You got a beautiful day. Enjoy it. Um, With that being said, Michael B. Jordan, 35, 36 years old today. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, Creed, amongst many, many other things. He's got another one coming out. So um, that's awesome. Uh, Saquon Barkley is 26 years old today. And a pair of twins are 25 today. Um, Cody and Parker Ogeron are 25 years old today. So happy birthday to all of them. I wish you nothing but the very, very, very best. Yes, indeed. Um, This Saturday... Uh, all you folks in Lake Charles, you've got an opportunity to go see uh, Alex Bregman. He's going to be at Rouse's promoting his uh, his um, Breggy Bombs, um, hot sauce, barbecue sauce, and all that stuff. Rouse's from like 12 to 4, something like that. We'll get more details for you um, later on. But put that on your calendar Saturday if you so desire. You get some pictures taken, an autograph with the star of the world champion Houston Astros. Not bad. And and maybe, maybe buy one of his uh, products. It might be pretty good. He's got salsa. And he's got uh, barbecue sauce. He's got some rubs, stuff like that. So the Breggy Bombs, there you go. Baseball's right around the corner, isn't it? Golly, softball starts for LSU tomorrow. Cajuns getting ready to roll. So, So here we go. Here we go. Big game for the Cajuns. Good luck tonight against the Golden Eagles. Hope you pull it off and sweep the series. It's going to be a tough environment, but that's what you live for when you play hoops. That's what it's all about. Um, again, the Pelicans make a deal. Uh, nothing nothing earth-shattering. Get a, a Richardson from the Spurs for Devontae Graham. They get bigger, longer. About the same shooting-wise. He's on an expiring contract. That's the good thing about it. Just got to get Zion healthy. Keep Ingram healthy. Um, and heaven forbid, C.J. McCollum. So get them all on the court together, and let's roll. And I think if they get them all together after the All-Star break, I think they can make some waves. So that's all the time we have. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great station, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Uh, be kind to one another. And let's be happy. So long, everybody.